The El Conservador Radio Show is sponsored by George Rodriguez on 9.30 a.m. The Answer. Time for the El Conservador Radio Show with George Rodriguez. George is a constitutional conservative who loves to expose fake news and liberals. Be a part of the show. Call 210-308-8867. And now, El Conservador, George Rodriguez. Howdy, 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 my friends. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio. The answer, welcome to the show, my friends, on this beautiful Saturday, August the 1st. And uh, we've got a packed show for you today. Really, really, we've got four guests, so I don't want to take too much time here at the introduction. We want to jump right into the uh, the interviews. Our first guest is uh, Mr. Brandon Judd, very good friend of mine, from uh, who is the president of the Border Patrol Council, uh, the National Border Patrol Council. And uh, we're going to be chatting about this ridiculous L.A. Times editorial uh, where they call the uh, Border Patrol Trump's stormtroopers. Uh, he's going to talk about uh, what's been going on in Portland because um, uh, the Border Patrol has been uh, providing support there. Then we've got uh, Mr. John J. Wiley, another very good friend of mine, who is the radio talk show host for a program called uh, Law Enforcement Today. He's a retired police officer. He's going to be telling telling us about, the uh, again, the uh, problems that the police officers are facing across the nation with the disrespect and the riots that are going on. More so, he's going to be talking about how the police agencies are responding or reacting uh, to the Biden nomination and the Democrat convention because um, 100 agencies, 100 police agencies have said they are not going to provide any kind of security. They don't want anything to do with the Democrat convention. Good for them. John J. Wiley will be talking to us about that. We then have uh, Mr. John Griffin. He is uh, kind of a new guest. John is going to be talking to us about a very interesting situation that's going on in Bolivia, just uh, which is completely under the radar. I mean, uh, people are ignoring that situation completely, or should I say the media, the leftist media here in, San, here, here in the United States. Uh, Bolivian c- citizens are in a state of, uh, of rebellion against uh, Evo Morales, the, uh, the former president that has just been ousted. And they have a brand new uh, president who is pushing uh, towards uh, free markets, democracy, constitutional representation. I mean, everything that we want to uh, to uh, extol all the virtues of uh, of a Republican government. Uh, So I guess this is why the uh, media ignores them. Uh, But uh, John Griffin is going to be talking to us about that. Finally, our last guest is going is uh, Mr. Todd Benzman, our, our regular guest with us. Uh, from the Center for Immigration Studies, he has an article called "The Catatonic, a Catatonic with Hate." Very, very interesting article, uh, where he talks about these people, uh, particularly in Portland, Seattle, Milwaukee, uh, who are, uh, I mean, f- so filled with anger, with hate, that they can't even see straight. They can't even think straight. Uh, Todd is, uh, again, uh, usually writing about immigration issues. Well, uh, you know, this is very, very interesting because these are the same people that are also demanding uh, open borders. They are also the people that are demanding the abolishment of ICE. I mean, these folks are nuts. So anyway, folks, thank you for, uh, for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Our first guest, like I said, is going to be Mr. Brandon Judd. So stick around. Call your friends. Tell them to join us. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM. And uh, we've got uh, my very good friend, uh, Mr. Brandon Judd, the uh, president of the Border Patrol Council, national president of the Border Patrol Council. And uh, I wanted to get him on because, here we go again, we've got uh, a... uh, op-ed piece, an editorial that came out in the Los Angeles Times regarding uh, the Border Patrol. In essence, and I'm quoting here, it says that the uh, Border Patrols, that the Border Patrol stormtrooper tactics that you see in Portland are what uh, you see at the border. So, uh, you know, being a uh, former immigration uh, uh, employee myself, I uh, have never experienced stormtrooper tactics at the border. Uh, so I wanted to, to uh, get uh, Brandon to come on the show and please tell us what's going on. Tell us about uh, the role that's uh, that they've got in this very, very unique situation in Portland. 
as well as uh, any injuries to the to the uh, agents. And uh, I've got a little bone to pick with the uh, president on this matter. Uh, but let's uh, let's uh, get uh, Brandon on first. Uh, Brandon, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking time to talk with us. What um, uh, I, you know this this op ed. I know that Los Angeles is, the Los Angeles Times is not our friend, but to call them uh, call the border patrols. Uh, Trump's stormtroopers, and to say that the behavior that you say in Portland is the behavior that you uh, see at the border. Uh, what are your reactions on this? Well, let, I, look, I'm glad that you said that the Los, Los Angeles Times is not our friend. And let's be clear on why they're not our friends. They shouldn't be anybody's friends. I don't care if you're on the left, on your, if you're on the right, or if you're in the middle. The Los Angeles Times is nobody's friends because they don't tell the truth. It is unconscionable that they allowed this op-ed to be printed um, when there is no, there's no basis of fact whatsoever. An op-ed is exactly that. It's, it's an opinion piece. But anybody that publishes an opinion piece, they're supposed to vet it to make sure that there are actual, there's actual evidence to support the opinions that they're writing. Um, there is no factual basis behind this piece whatsoever. And the Los Angeles Times allowing this to be published shows how much bias they have and how much contempt they have for the American public for not telling the truth. I don't care if you attack the Border Patrol. If you have facts to do it, the public has a right to know. What I care about is that we have an honest conversation so that American so that the American public can then make an informed decision on their own without being led by very, very hard left liberal outlets like the Los Angeles Times. That is really, really what upsets me and, and, and boils my blood most up, um, so, first, first and foremost. <laughs> I love it. I love it. This situation with uh, in Portland, uh, what has been the role that the Border Patrol has had uh, in it? And, uh, you know, have there been any resulting injuries to the uh, to the agents? Well, absolutely, I, and, and that's that's. Let's be clear why the border patrol is there in the first place. The border patrol is a federal law enforcement agency. Federal law enforcement agencies have the right to come in and act under the jurisdiction of other federal law enforcement agencies. Now, the border patrol does not, in and of itself, does not have the authority to go and protect buildings. But if they're acting under the, the jurisdiction of the federal protective services, which is the agency that. that um, if they're acting under that jurisdiction, they have every right to go in there and assist them. The Federal Protective Services was being overrun by these violent protesters. Certainly there were some protesters that were peaceful, but there were other protesters that were violent. All you have to do is look at the graffiti, the broken windows, um, the officers that were, that, that were having rocks thrown at them before the Border Patrol even came in. So this was a violent protest. They were being overrun because they just didn't have the manpower. So they asked the federal government, DHS, for assistance. And DHS sent them assistance in the form of BORTAC, which is the, the elite unit in the Border Patrol. And they also sent them um, customs um, officers, um, their elite uh, teams as well. And so all they did was went in there to protect these facilities and all of this violence that they're saying that, that, that was perpetrated by the Border Patrol. They were there on this on these grounds. They were giving lawful orders not to cross certain lines. And, of course, the protesters, they were breaking um, those lawful orders. They were throwing rocks. They were throwing bricks. They were shining um, um, those, those red lights in, in our agent's eyes. We have had agents that had to go to the hospital for concussions because of what was going on. We've had agents that have lost their sight because of these red lights that they're shining. And, and let's be clear about that. When you're talking about a use of force situation, what justifies use of force by a federal agent, if you are in fear of your life or serious bodily injury, you are allowed to use the requisite amount of force. Serious bodily injury, eyesight, I, I don't know what more serious bodily injury you can possibly face than to lose your eyesight. And this is what was taking place. Yet the Los Angeles Times is justifying this mob mentality and they're going after the good guys they're justifying the bad guys and vilifying the good guys doesn't make sense on yeah. any level it, it's a it is extremely extremely uh discouraging as well as irritating when you've got uh, a major news outlet uh excusing defending and justifying uh this type of behavior it. i mean it yeah it just encourages it and justifying it all they're doing is encouraging it, which is why we're seeing these violent protests continue to rise up. If you have 
politicians, and, and make no mistake, there are absolutely politicians that are justifying these violent protests. If you have major media outlets that are justifying it, all they end up doing is encouraging it, and it perpetuates this violent cycle. The reason why our country is so great is because of the rule of law. And if we if we enforce the rule of law, and if we have the rule of law, we stay this great country. If we do not, we become no better than, than the third world countries that, ha- that are just completely and totally lawless. That's not what the American public wants. No, we don't. Now, this is, the, Portland is, is, is uh, one situation where we've seen uh, the Border Patrol uh, in, in a supportive role. Uh, it also happened in Washington, D.C., did it not? It did. It did. So when, when they were having the violent protests in Washington, D.C. as well, um, federal, uh, different federal law enforcement agencies under the, uh, the auspices of, of the Marshal Service were deployed um, to assist. So, so again, law enforcement is going to use the resources at their disposal when it's necessary and to be vilified solely for trying to protect um, the American public, to try to protect buildings, um, to, pro- to try to protect property, to vilify them solely for doing that is, is completely wrong. And what I, what I find really funny is you have the Los Angeles Times that, that, that talks about um, police officers shouldn't be able to use force. They should, they should do things more smart. They, they, should, they should take actions that, that, that are more intelligent. So when they do take actions that are more intelligent, like what just happened in New York City, where they had that, um, that skateboarder that they took into custody because that skateboarder was breaking cameras, um, they, they took that individual in custody, they grabbed him, they put him into a van quickly and got him off the street because there were a large mob of protesters that were coming towards them. So when they do actually do something that's smart, they vilify him for that as well. The mayor of New York City vilified um, the NYPD because they got that person off the street instead of escalating a situation. So you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. It doesn't matter what you do with law enforcement today because of these very, very left-leaning liberal um, policymakers, these politicians, we're in a situation that is just absolutely no win. And that's why we continue to see these protests. That's why we continue to see the violence um, escalating. And, and unless we get it under control, we're in trouble. Yep, yep, yep. Let me let me ask your opinion on, on an issue that I, 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 I have taken, uh, I, I've been very, very uh, questionable on. And this is the situation of wearing camouflage. Uh, you know the um, the agents wearing camouflage because my understanding, you know, you wear camouflage in a military situation to avoid being seen by the um, by the uh, uh, enemy. In this situation, it's it's a police action and uh, it's a defensive police action. Obviously, if you're defending the the uh, building, uh, wearing the wearing the uh, the camouflage to me, it, you know, it, it's like wearing wearing a, a red flag in front of a bull. Uh, it, it, uh, it, it just, I don't know. I, I, it, it doesn't sit well with me. What do you think? That was very unintelligent on the agency's part to send uh, the BORTAC unit out in camouflage. There is a reason that, Bo- that, that the BORTAC unit has camouflage. They, they work in the desert. They go after smugglers. They go after people that are, that are spotting for the smugglers that are up in mountains. You have to blend in with the terrain. There's a reason that they have a uniform that is camouflage, but they also have a police uniform. And when you're in an urban area and you're performing police work, you should look like the police. I have no problem with them taking the bad their, their nameplates off um, because you don't want to get docked. But they should absolutely be in, in, in a police uniform when they're performing police actions. That just gave the left ammunition to go after President Trump. This was not a President Trump decision. This was a Border Patrol decision, and that's who should be held accountable. Border Patrol management who allowed them to go in there in camouflage uniforms instead of their police uniforms. Again, make no mistake, the BORTAC agents they do have regular border patrol uniforms. They never should have been in camouflage in an urban situ- in, a, in an urban policing situation. I, I you know, I, I'm I'm glad you're 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 describing it that way because I, I really had a problem with it. I looked at it and I said, uh, you know, it it didn't look right. It just didn't look right. And and I agree. Taking removing the tags, I mean that that's wise. That is wise given given the situation of these crazies. We don't know about the eyesight. But one one more thing, if you don't mind, please. The reason why I take the reason why I take such great issue with with these camouflage uniforms is what they did was they put President Trump under fire, and that should never happen. Um, decisions like that should not put the president under fire. 
decisions that are made by management should never put the president under fire, and that's exactly what happened. I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more, my man. I mean, he's he's under fire enough for sneezing the wrong way. I mean, for crying out loud. Now here we go with the, with with just adding another one. Thank you very very much for taking time to be with us, Brandon. I really really appreciate it, uh, folks. We've been talking with uh, Mr. Brandon Judd, who is the uh, National Council President for the Border Patrol, and uh, Brandon. Please stay safe, and we'll be in talking to you sooner. Always good talking to you, George. Thank you much. Take care. Bye-bye. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. And we've got our good friend Jay Wiley on the phone. And uh, I wanted to reach out to Jay. Uh, for you, those of you who don't uh, know and remember him that from uh, past uh, uh, shows that we've had, Jay is a uh, radio host a national radio host on top of that, of uh, Law Enforcement Today. He's a retired police officer, and he's an overall champion in my book of the men and women in blue. So I wanted to talk to him because uh, the other day it was announced that almost uh, that over 100 police and law enforcement agencies had pulled the support from Biden and the Democrats, uh, as well as this uh, outrageous uh, response by um uh, uh, Congressman Jerry Nadler regarding uh, Antifa, the uh, uh, the uh, comment that he made to a reporter. Jay, thank you for being with us today, uh, as usual. Uh, what do you think of the of this uh, situation? This uh, this uh, uh, pulling of, of these uh, organizations pulling their their support from the Democrats. Uh, first of all, uh, it's a pleasure to be with you, like always. I say kudos to them. You know the. These mayors, these governors, these county executives that run the police departments that are involved in backing up their citizens, but also their men and women and the law enforcement agencies that they hire. Um, and their policies and their procedures are now illegal. Uh, I believe it's in Minneapolis or wherever it might be. And they made this smart choice that we're not going to put our men and women in harm's way to help you out when you'll turn around and the first chance you get when they do everything according to the book as we teach them. And you're going to uh, have them arrested? No. You can't put your men and women in harm's way, put them in potential violent situations and say, oh, by the way, if you don't do things the way we want, even though you don't work for our agency, we're arresting you. So I think it's great what they did. Let me ask you this, because I recently was speaking to a friend of mine who um, uh, is a a working officer right now, uh, serving warrants. And uh, this situation of him uh, and his partner having to go and knock on doors to to serve a warrant uh, has become increasingly dangerous because, well, they've got to you know I mean they, they they've got to follow a ton of new protocols, as well as the fact that even just giving a ticket has become uh, a chore because people uh, have become increasingly disrespectful. Uh, have you heard that? Have you seen that? Absolutely, I've seen it widespread across the United States. Not just what's happened is become a pol- my opinion only, is become a political statement and acceptable behavior to assault police or law enforcement officers. And it's not. It's illegal to assault anyone. Uh, and we make it okay to assault law enforcement officers. You're making a statement for a cause, justified or not, that officer had nothing to do with it. And you're you're violating basic common law that is not just practiced in the United States, it's practiced world, in many parts of the world. The uh, situation with uh, police departments, you know, the the angst that uh, these uh, politicians are, are are going through now to uh, to appease the leftists, uh, you know, uh, uh, doing things like uh, uh, like reducing the um, the police uh, budgets as well as uh, hiring social workers. Uh, to uh, go to family domestic uh, situations, domestic uh, pro- uh, uh, calls. To me, it, it, those are recipes for, for for disasters. What do you think? I think you're absolutely 100% right. And, you know, social workers that have been on the job for a while, and they're phenomenal people, they're overworked, they really try hard to, to do their job and make a difference in the lives of people, a positive difference. Most of them do not want to put themselves in harm's way. We work closely with social workers in Baltimore when I was on a job, and the ones who've been on a job for a while, like domestic violence situations or child abuse calls where it could potentially be a, a danger, they were behind us because, and that was by choice. They didn't want to be on the front line. You, look, you're not dealing with people who are peaceful, normal people, and that's part of the problem. We 
brought up confusion saying, hey, they're citizens of the United States, so therefore they've got certain rights. Yes, they do. But you also take into account that the social workers, the law enforcement officers, the innocent people that live in the neighborhood, they have rights as well. And none of them need to be in a position where they get harmed. Yeah, right. That's going to lead to disaster. This uh, this situation with uh, with the uh, with Nadler, with Congressman Jerry Nadler from New Jersey, uh, flatly denying uh, to a reporter that uh, there were any problems in uh, Portland or that even Antifa existed. What are your thoughts on that? What's the old Mark Twain saying about there's lies, there's blank lies, and there's statistics? Well. Jerry Nadler is just a liar. There's no other way to put it. And I'm, I'm not a partisan political person. Uh, I'm not very happy with what a lot of Republicans are doing. I'm certainly not happy with what Democrats are doing. But to turn around and say that Antifa is a myth, it clearly demonstrates that there's a political component to all of this. When you say that we're going to not even acknowledge they exist, that, in my mind, says that they are the enforcement arm of the, the modern Democratic Party. And the other thing about this, too, is Nadler is, is part of the legislative branch on the federal level. The police departments, like in Seattle, Portland, Baltimore, Dallas, San Antonio, they're part of the executive branch of the government. Uh, and so what they do is they try to make this an attack against the executive on the federal level, meaning President Trump. And so that's a lot of what's going on, and it's highly politicized in nature. And it's flat out, I'm going to tell you, Jerry Nadler is a liar who does not have any skin in the game he is not at risk of being harmed doesn't have to have his kids come off the street at four o'clock in the afternoon because they might get shot he doesn't have to go through any of that as a matter of fact he's got a driver the guy is is just totally out of touch <laughs> i you know i couldn't agree i couldn't agree more i mean you know these politicians uh republican and democrat a lot of these politicians have just become an elitist uh class that uh is truly out of touch with uh with everyone else i mean you defund uh, the police departments, you shrink them, uh, it, it's it's the folks in the bottom that are going to suffer. I mean, those are the ones that are going to suffer. I mean, they are the ones that are going to live with uh, with more crime than uh, they, they already are living with. Uh, it's not the people in the gated communities that are going to suffer. It's really not. That's right. That's right. I mean, they are not going to, uh, they're not going to be the ones that that, uh, you know, are afraid to go to the store or to walk down the street. I mean, as it is, things things are are chaotic and uh you know with few, fewer law enforcement folks it's gonna it's gonna become even more so um in in conclusion what do you think uh you know what needs to happen what do we need to do more of to uh show support for the police department because uh or police officers because um you know we've got uh, so many people saying yeah you know they they concentrate on the ne- the few rogue police officers what about you know the 99 percent that uh, are good decent folks the very easiest way we can do this and this is something everyone can do uh if they have a facebook account or they're on social media of any type i say facebook because that's the largest one around if you see a news article about something great the police are doing or you feel that you agree with share it it's all you have to do of course i tell people Make sure you do it from my page, which is the Law Enforcement Day Radio Show Facebook page. But that simple thing. You don't even have to make a statement. You don't have to put any text in. You don't do anything. You can click on the heart, the thumbs up, or whatever. Engage. There's 2 billion-plus people using that platform. So if we want to, an everyday guy uh, or, or girl, man or woman, who wants to make a difference, say, what can I do? That's the simplest, easiest way. It doesn't take time out of your life. You don't have to protest. You don't have to be in marches. You don't have to put yourself in danger. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You just uh, just voice your your support. I mean, that's the bottom line. Wave a flag, put put up a, a sticker, do something that uh, that shows your your support and your gratitude. Yeah, or buy a cup of coffee. Or you know what? I always jokingly tell people: wave to police and law enforcement. Use all of your fingers. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, and thank you. That's it. That's all you have to say. A you don't smile. Have to go into a big thing. And I realize it's awkward for me to do it as well. But just wave to them. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, a smile, a simple smile. I, you know, I, I really, I, I, you know, I have seen so many times lately uh, how people will just uh, be so dis- disrespectful for the smallest things to to uh, to uh, a police officer that it, that that it's just very very disgusting to me. Uh, on the other hand, I've seen the gratitude of uh, when you pay, you know, uh, 
the uh, a, a ticket uh, at a lunch counter for a for a police officer, or to, you know, like you said, when you just wave it and say thank you, uh, that that says that says so much, and that, that that makes them feel so so much better. Tell the folks where they can uh, see or read about read about you and uh, listen to you, buddy. Well, right now the radio show is on forty two stations across the United States. It's syndicated by Talk Media Network, and you can get access to the radio show as podcasts and news articles and editorials at letradioshow.com. And also, another great way to keep in touch and find out what's going on and get updates about everything is just go to my Facebook page and be sure to like and follow it, which is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. And uh, also, feel free to send me a message and say hello, or if you want to be a guest, I'd love to talk to you. Excellent. Thank you very, very much, my friends. We've been talking with uh, my good buddy Jay Wiley from uh, Law Enforcement Today. Uh, Jay, you take care and uh, keep up the good work, buddy. Thanks, George, and thanks to all your listeners. You got it. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUP 930 AM radio. And we've got uh, my dear friend, John Griffin, who used to be, who is the former uh, editor for uh, Daily Caller. And uh, I reached out to him because um, he has been following and reporting uh, a very interesting story, my friends, that about what is happening in Bolivia uh, and it contrasts beautifully with what's happening in Portland. <laughs> uh, Bolivia, of course, is a uh, South American country that has uh, uh, been recently racked by socialism under the direction of uh, President Evo Morales. And uh, there is a, a new person leading it. And uh, we want uh, I want uh, John to uh, tell us about this and what is happening in that uh, South American country because apparently uh, it's not very newsworthy to a lot of uh, uh, even the Spanish language uh, media in the in the United States. So, John, welcome to the show. Tell us what is happening in Bolivia. Well, you know, George. Uh, number one, thank you for for spotlighting this because it's so it's so hard to get anything besides coronavirus covered in the news cycle these days. Uh, what what's happening in Bolivia is something wonderful, uh, and that is for the first time. You mentioned Morales's uh, leadership uh, for the first time in many years. Bolivia is now uh, a free market economy again, or is being transformed uh, very rapidly. I might add into a fully functioning free market economy and in a place that respects the civil liberties, free speech, freedom of expression of its citizens, all its citizens, not just the socialist ones. <laughs> and that's key. So what we have here is we have this wonderful lady, uh, President Añez, who has taken charge under the Constitution of that country when there was proven voter fraud, Okay. And I was, I was contacted by President uh, Janine Añez uh, there and one of her, uh, one of her top lawmakers um, in their, uh, their chief legislative body, and his name is Carlos Pablo Klinsky Fernandez. And uh, Senator Fernandez, unfortunately, uh, not, to, not to sound, uh, sound crass, but he has come down with coronavirus for real. So he's, he's actually got uh, whatever it is that's going around, and he's bedridden, and he can't be with us today. So that's why I'm here. But he told me about the uh, something called MAS, which is uh, Movement to Advance Socialism, or a close translation would be Movement to Advance Socialism. And it's very similar to what you see going on in Portland and what you see going on in New York and Los Angeles where we have uh, people uh, attacking folks in the middle of highways, freeways, you know, people's car windshields getting beat in. We have uh, businesses being set on fire. We have a destruction, which seems to be all that th that other side is good at, at destroying things to create such havoc and chaos that there's no solution but a government-mandated socialist uh, paradise, quote-unquote, as the answer. 
you know, they, these socialist uh, workers' paradises, and they're anything but paradise, get started when there's no other choice. It starts when there's no So I'll throw that back at you and just say, uh, you know, what, what, could I, uh, what can I tell you? What can I tell your listeners? Yeah, I mean, you know, this situation, again, uh, is very, very similar to how Venezuela got started down the, down the drain there. Um, you know, the, uh, they needed, they wanted equality, they wanted this, they wanted that. And, uh, you know, somebody comes along, paints a purity picture of it. Uh, they embrace it, and now look at them. Now look at the situation. That you have to doing. remember, it, it's interesting you brought up Venezuela. Uh, thank you, George, for doing that, because they, you have to remember, Bolivia went through the Bolivian debt crisis in the 90s, and they almost were Venezuela then, but they did pursue a more moderated uh, a more, you know, socialism-like, uh, L-I-T-E, approach to what they were doing. And that's why you still have uh, a much healthier, more vibrant economy there in spite of Morales and the corruption and the obvious crony, crony capitalism that existed and the obvious, you know, socialism that was there. It was tempered by a healthy respect for natural free market forces. Well, Añez, of course, has just... On that open completely, which is wonderful, but uh, that, that's the difference. So the reason they're not Venezuela already, because they've they've historically just not been hype for socialist regime regime change, and that's what I've heard from Senator Fernandez. That's what I've heard uh, or seen or well, observed, rather. Yeah, we need to also remember. I mean, Bolivia was targeted specifically by the Cuban Revolution, uh, with Che Guevara going down there. You know, I remember that, uh, you know, I mean, that was, uh, they were going to go down and, and rally the peasants and rally the Indios and, you know, and they were going to have a, uh, a socialist workers paradise and it never happened. On the contrary, they turned on him. And right, and George, just for your younger listeners, I got to have your comment, man. Doesn't it just piss you off as somebody with maybe family in that part of the world? I have family down there. Isn't it just angering to see all these college kids with a Che Guevara t-shirt and <laughs> yes. they really have no clue no who clue yeah none whatsoever i mean i saw a couple of them uh on saturday you know port- protesting here in downtown san antonio you know with uh, che guevara uh t-shirts on no concept what, what you know uh it, it's like going to a uh, a christian mass wearing a devil t- t-shirt i mean incredible incredible you know, oh, so what 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 should be done? What needs to happen with this situation? With the uh, with uh, news coverage that's fair, like your show. They they need just. I'll say this for for you, George. Even if uh, you're more moderate on an issue that I'm more conservative on, or you know whatever the case may be, you're you're fair. Uh, you ask great questions. You you have a a very fair minded way of analyzing news and current events. So for your listeners. I love this guy's approach, and it's fair. That's the word that keeps coming back to my mind is fair. So what's fair to say about this? What's fair is that they haven't had fair. They haven't had fair and balanced coverage, no pun intended, in the United States. They've had the New York Times and the Washington Post almost exclusively. They're the only ones that have really touched it. It hasn't gotten much airplay uh, in uh, TV and broadcast media, and when it has, it's been regurgitation of WAPO and New York Times. Well, what are they saying? Uh, you, may, you may be asking. What are they saying? They're saying that uh, these poor put-upon protesters, obviously, and college students, it's always students and protesters, whenever the leftist media gets going, you go back to the Iranian uh, hostage crisis in the 70s even, and they were calling them students then, too. They're <laughs> um, terrorists, okay? These are, these are trained terrorists and organizers that are trained to go in to these peaceful to peaceful areas uh, to otherwise maybe impoverished parts of the country that are struggling and they stir up violence they start destroying property they start attacking random people and what that does of course is it creates an impossible situation where the only response they hope is draconian and is a government controlled one and that's, that's what we've got to help them avoid. Uh, we need to give, uh, per the Monroe Doctrine and our duty, just as the biggest kid on the block, uh, I think we have enough enough money and enough uh, you know resources and reserve, uh, media resources certainly, 
to help them get the story told, to show what's going on there, to help them uh, get the, the world to be seeing this. And that's what's needed, George, is accountability. It's, you know, it is amazing. It's really sad how, uh, you know, the, the, the media has become so leftist and liberal minded uh, to ignore uh, a, uh, you know, a, a story like this one. Uh, again, she is a woman, but that doesn't seem to matter. Uh, she is uh, uh, in a Latin American country on top of that. You know, it's not a macho. It's, it's a macho society. And here she is leading it. And uh, instead of covering that, um, they're covering the uh, idiot students that are trying to uh, create problems. Well, you know, George, it's funny you mention her gender because um, isn't it always WAPO and the New York Times that say, oh, automatically, if it's, if it's a woman who's left of center, obviously, then, uh, gosh, you know, we're, we're just, we're uh, every kind of hateful pejorative and ad hominem attack that we can be if we don't automatically support her for any office or for whatever the case may be. Hillary Clinton, we all have to support her because she's a woman. Well, where is that blind gender bias? Because <laughs> it is gender bias. It's That's just right. reverse gender bias. When we have a great uh, leader like, like Janine. That's right. And we have a great leader like, like President Añez, who is doing a wonderful job, who's operating under the laws that her country has passed, okay, and she stepped into the gap when no one else could. And she's really holding her country together, despite people blowing stuff up. Yep. You know? That's right. That's Why, right. Where is the gender, the gender uh, gosh, hypnosis then? That's right. That's right. You know, and I mean, uh, folks like Jorge Nunez, like Jorge Ramos over at, uh, at Univision, who, uh, you know, are, are, are always championing you know, the the issue of gender equality and the issue of racial equality, uh, you know, I, I don't ha- I haven't heard a peep from him on this issue. Yeah. You know, so what what needs to happen here? We've only got a, a minute uh, or so to go. Tell us, what do you think needs to happen to to uh, to help Bolivia? We need to, we need people to call the embassy okay, in Washington, D.C., show your support. We need people to blog about this to post about it on social media. So anyone, anyone who's listening who has family um, in that part of the world, in that neck of the woods, um, speak up. You know, use your social network, get the word out, let people know what's really going on in Bolivia and how we can support this wonderful leader. She's a family woman. She's a successful businesswoman. She's had a life before this. She had a long career, too, in politics, but she's also somebody who's doing the job that needs to be done and that's wonderful freedom 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 huge opportunities here if we can stop the fires from being started you got it once again my friends george rodriguez el conservador talking to you on klup 930 am radio we've been talking with my good friend john griffin john thank you very much for being with us today it's always a pleasure Hello, El Conservador listeners. If you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Once again, my friends, George Rodriguez, El Conservador, talking to you on KLUB 930 AM radio. The answer, and we've got uh, my very good friend, uh, Todd Benzman, from the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, Todd has recently written a uh, an article, uh, a very interesting title, Catatonic with Hate, uh, regarding what's going on in uh, in Portland. Now, we know, my friends, 
that um, some of the narrative that's being carried out by the uh, media and the news media regarding what is happening in Portland uh, points or, or portrays, should I say, the uh, Border Patrol as kind of like they're the special storm, torn storm troopers for the president. I mean, they've uh, they've suddenly focused on um, on them not only to abolish ICE and the Border Patrol, but also because they are. Uh, helping to uh, protect 30. So, uh, Todd, welcome to the show. Thank you for being with us. Tell us about your article. What uh, what uh, are you writing about, and what have, uh, what have you discovered? Sure. So the story, the story really is the untold experience of the federal agents who have been sent to Portland and also cities around the country to protect federal property against riots, rioters and looters and uh, Antifa activists and that sort of thing who are trying to destroy the property. Uh, we all hear a lot about how they're all peaceful and that they're, um, you know, just exercising their First Amendment rights. And uh, there's usually video to go along with that from their point of view. But there's there's almost nothing coming from what it's like to be a federal officer. I happen to be uh, connected with quite a few of those through my work for, for CIS. And I knew one of them who was on the skirmish line in Portland around the federal courthouse, which is under literally under siege, nightly siege, and got the, um, the experience of what it was like for them. And, I mean, it's just horrific to hear what this is like for, for the federal guys who are being sent there just to kind of do their jobs, what they do. They're cops, they're federal cops, and they are literally under uh, deadly assault all night long, uh, not just from projectiles and explosive improvised IEDs that are connected, aerosol cans connected to large commercial fireworks, which are being thrown at them, but also just verbal assault, where you have black officers being screamed at using hurling by white kids hurling the n-word at the black officers uh the most vile possible profanity uh all day long all night long being just thrown at these these officers along with the projectiles and um the the scene that was described to me was just of utter uh chaos and fear on the outside of the courthouse for them and on the inside of really close-knit camaraderie of the sort that you would you know that combat soldiers uh feel when they when they when they um are in between battles right uh so it was really a very um stark uh, description that was given to me, and I wrote this all up in excerpts from this officer at cis.org. Uh, if I could just say the, the, the headline, uh, Catatonic with Hate, came from this officer, is how he described these rioters and looters that they, they just are all night long screaming as hard as they can as until they're hoarse with just rage and violence and hatred, just just full-throated hatred all night long at these guys. And he said the way he explained it was that they, they, they are just catatonic with hatred. You know, uh, there have been, uh, I know that uh, there have been three individuals, three officers, or agents rather, uh, that were blinded by um, the use of laser beams uh, I know of others that have been injured. Uh, is there any count on how many folks have been injured so far uh, in in uh, uh, of the agents? Well, in Port, I mean, the the thing is, is that it's happening now in, in a lot of different cities. It's escalating uh, because these guys are seen as emblematic of the Trump administration, and what really this is about is it's an expression of just the the. the rage and hatred directed uh, toward the president, and these are sort of his, his proxies. It has nothing to do with Black Lives Matter anymore. Nobody ever talks about that. They want to get into these buildings and burn them down and destroy them brick by brick uh, and everything in it. 
in them. Uh, so right now, um, I don't have a running count on. Um, there are, there have been some fatalities. A person's officer was killed a month or so ago during one of these violent riot, riot episodes. His partner was uh, critically wounded. Um, by the way, those those were both black officers, and the the officers that are guarding these these places are being wounded you know they're they're being hurt and having to, to come off the line because because their legs have been um, damaged or their eyes sight has, has been blinded um, a lot of them have been burned there are chemicals being thrown there's urine being thrown there's um, a lot of uh, you know fireworks of the, like the type that you would see used at Forge Eye celebrations, you know, those big fireworks. Somehow they've gotten a hold of those and they're throwing them and exploding them in the proximity of these officers and, and they get hurt. I mean, that stuff is, it's concussive. Uh, but we, we don't really know how many are down, but they're definitely being wounded all the time, injured, taken off the line. And the local the local police are, are being, right? That's right. Uh, these are Democratic uh, municipal uh, governments, the mayors, the city councils, and uh, they're ordered to stand down, uh, do nothing to help the uh, protect the federal officers, their brethren. And um, uh, there, there was even a um, the police chief of Portland put out a letter yesterday to all business owners. I'm sorry, of um, Seattle put out a letter to all business owners uh, warning them that that her police department, she's a black female, by the way, that her police department had been ordered to stand down and to not protect businesses from uh, violent rioters and looters who are on the way. And just warning them, don't call us. You're, we, we, we are restricted from helping you. There's a new city ordinance. That's amazing. I mean, to me, that's that's uh, that's outrageous. Uh, absolutely outrageous. That's why the federals are coming because because federal properties are all at risk here, uh, given that the local police uh, forces are standing down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it's incredible. Uh, all right, let's switch a little bit. And uh, here in our last uh, few minutes, uh, tell the folks about your book, about your new book. Yeah, uh, America's Covert Border War just went up for pre-sale yesterday on Amazon, America's Covert Border War. Uh, this is a uh, book about federal counterterrorism programs at the border and in Latin America that were built and designed to stop jihadist infiltration over that border. That's a problem that we are constantly told is imaginary and doesn't exist and yet we have all of these programs that were built to counter it and the book is uh 288 pages and won't be released until february but it would be great if i could get some pre-orders it's good for my relationship with the publisher (laughs) it's called covert border wars and it's available on on amazon and barnes and noble right now and most booksellers have it Gotcha. You know what I find very, very interesting, uh, Todd, is how um, you know there's denial about the jihadists uh, infiltrating the border, but uh, Nadler also uh, just recently, I think yesterday uh, or the other day, just made the comment about how uh, there is no uh, problem with Antifa in uh, in Portland or Seattle. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Uh, you know, I mean, you know, I don't know what his. Um I think he needs to go see a psychiatrist. I mean, there's something wrong with anybody <laughs> who says that there's no violent protesting or violent uh, rioting uh, going on around the country. The uh, city and have been for, for a couple months now. Uh, just absolutely bizarre. I've got, I don't know the man, I've never met him, uh, but, you know, he needs help if that's what he's saying. You know, they seem these uh, these confrontations also seem to be getting uh, more violent uh, on their side. Uh, these uh, individuals that have been carrying guns, uh, like the one in in Austin, although the one in Austin is almost being portrayed now as a victim, 
even though he was the one brandishing the gun? Well, there's a, there's a rule of law uh, and physics that goes something like this. Don't armed police officers, <laughs> because when you do, bad things happen to you. Uh, so, uh, you know, we, we, we can expect to see more of this sort of thing. I'm really worried about Seattle and some of these other cities where the uh, business owners are being uh, left to their own devices and they're going to have no choice but to arm themselves. And then you're going to see, you know, potentially some real bloodshed between Americans. Yeah. And, you know, I mean. Uh, you know, not to uh, for for a police department to openly tell everyone that they're not going to uh, protect them. I think it, it's you know it, it borders on on craziness. It absolutely does. Tell the folks where they can read uh, more about you and where they can follow you. Yep, you can go to toddbentman.com. I've got a website there, and all my book information is available there as well, and all of my writings. And again, the book is called. America's Covert Border War. Excellent. Folks, we've been talking with uh, my good friend Todd Benzman from the Center for Immigration Studies. Uh, Todd, thank you very much for taking time to be with us today. Thanks for having me as usual. You got it, buddy. Once again, George Rodriguez, El Conservador on KLUP 930 AM Radio, The Answer. Conservador listeners, if you are interested in following George Rodriguez, El Conservador, we invite you to follow him at his internet website, elconservador.net. You can also follow him on Facebook at George Rodriguez, El Conservador, and on Twitter at El Conservador for daily commentaries. You can also purchase his book, El Conservador, Conservative Opinions, online at Amazon.com. The book contains essays and commentaries about illegal immigration, fake news, and race relations. If you're interested in inviting El Conservador to speak to your group or event, please contact him through Facebook or through the station at 930amtheanswer.com. El Conservador thanks you for your support. Keep the fire of freedom burning.